You know how superstitious these players are. I've got a quarterback that puts his socks on backwards has since high school. I've got a linebacker that has not washed his jockey strap in two years because he thinks flies are lucky. Welcome to Black Irish Podcast. new episode of Black Irish Podcast with myself, Brendan McCorkle, and special guest today, we're going to have the whitest Black Irish of all time. Uh, he has a couple of very popular podcasts, Bet Slippin', and he is on the marvelous Mad Scientist Party Hour. Give it up for the homie Jeff Clark. What's up, dude? What's up? Thanks for having me, Brendan. I'm happy to be the black stunt double here on the Black Irish Podcast. <laughs> oh, happy to have you here, dude. Well, uh, you're, you're formerly an East Coast guy, right? Yeah, I lived out, well, I grew up out on the East Coast, um, went to college out there, moved out to Southern California when I was 25, so roughly 10, 11 years now I've been out here in Southern California. Okay, well, at least you got the East Coast vibe, because that's where Mike grew up too, so it's East Coast, West Coast, that's a great, great combo anyway, so we got Perfect. that going for us. Yeah, I could hold down the East east side of the uh, the country for this podcast. Nice, I like that. Uh, did you do anything special for Cinco de Mayo? No, no. I kind of look at it as like Mexican St. Patty's Day, you know? Like, I, I mean, it pretty, yeah, pretty much is. And I don't mean that with any disrespect towards Mexicans. If anything, I mean it as disrespect towards Irish people. No yeah. offense to you. I'm, oh, again, I'm more black it. than I am Irish. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't do much. I've been, you know, it, that was on a Thursday, and I've pretty much can just filled up my time with gambling on sports and betting, uh, watching the sports that I'm betting, you know, mostly the NBA playoffs, but I'm pretty heavy into baseball as well. So I didn't do anything very festive. I haven't really done anything of note, uh, except for hang out with you a couple weeks ago, but, um, yeah. no, but I did the whitest version of Saint, uh, Cinco de Mayo you can do is I, uh, Would you I went, go to Chili's? I went to Del Taco. Oh, I was close. <laughs> so, yeah, I went with my, like, for May, I'm doing this diet for this crazy uh, workout that, you know, we'll touch on later. But um, I did, I was going to do one cheat day, and I'm like, Cinco de Mayo. It's in the beginning of the month, so I won't feel bad, like, at the tail end that I fucked up this whole diet routine. I'm like, okay, it's on the 5th. That's good. Do it on the 5th. So I got my standard order, which was a Fiesta pack with half green sauce, half red sauce burritos and six chicken soft tacos, and then deluxe chili cheddar fries, and a large Sprite. And so, you didn't do anything on the alcohol front, though, right? No, I actually quit drinking about a year and a half ago. I used to be a Sorry. heavy, heavy drinker, and then I just switched to weed, which I used to be a pothead, and then switched to booze. I mean, that was in my very, very young days when I was, you know, preteen. <laughs> and then... Uh, went, before it was legal to, to do me. either, yeah, yeah. I mean, growing up in Palmdale, man, that shit was just all over the place, readily available. Yeah, you eat, are you West Coast cats grow up, um, you get old fast, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, it seems like, like Southern California is like 
like the minor leagues of Florida. It's like if you live kind of hmm. L.A. based, it's not as crazy as Florida, but you still have the options. You just have to go find it. It's like Florida just seems like it's there. And it's like you yeah. have to avoid it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Florida is a lot more acceptable to be to be kind of, um, I don't know, edgy or uh, essentially be a fuck up. Whereas like Southern California, you got to do the fake it till you make it type thing and pretend like you're not as big of a fuck up. Whereas like Florida, you can just like just, I don't know, be a glutton for crazy Everything. shit. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I kind of look at growing up, Florida is like one of those places that wasn't that interested, mostly climate based. You know, the hurricane thing always freaks me out. I can't think of bugs. Yeah, I think they got like big ass bugs and like fucking alligators scare me. But I don't know. The older I get, the more I appreciate Florida and its its commitment towards just American fucking freedoms. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. It's a little too wild and crazy kids for me. Like, yeah, I would enough. see I, only because had I visited Florida in my 20s, I might not have ever made it home. Like, I, oh. I, I'd have died in Florida probably. So I'm like, uh, Florida's a little too edgy for me only because I'm, I used to be edgy like that. Like, right. what are we getting into? Oh, okay. Like, I'll try anything twice. Just to make sure the first time wasn't a fluke. Right. <laughs> you know like Florida I mean? and you would have been a bad mix. Would have so been a bad mix. Now that I'm an adult, I could go there and party responsibly. Like, because that's what I'm about now. It's like, all right, I lost that alcohol thing. I fucked that one up. I wasn't responsible with it. I've had issues with other stuff before, but I've gotten over it and been like, oh, okay, you just use that irresponsibly. Don't do it like that again. You could be fine. So everything else is still kind of on the table for me as long as I'm, you know, in the right mindset and I'm responsible with it. So, well, even crazier than Florida, have you ever been to Mexico? Uh, yes, but it was straight to a Cabo resort, like not in your party years prime. ago. No, no, no. I was supposed to go in my, in my partying prime when I was like, 22 and i bought the ticket to go on a cruise had everything lined up paid for everything up front um even went in with a friend my my friend's aunt we were gonna bunk together like had the whole thing lined up your friend's aunt well it's my best friend's aunt it's family okay yeah she would have been cool with you being getting weird in mexico or you just want to split on her no 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 that's the well, yeah. No, no, no. I don't know about that. Like, that was one of those things where we, like, kind of talked about it once, to be honest. And it was like, no, that's weird. We're family. That's not cool. And then it was just like, oh, okay. So she was just a wingman from then on. And if you have a okay. chick as a wingman, especially an older one, that's easy peasy, man. Fair enough. Well, do you think she would have went to the donkey show or was that been... No, it was more of a... It was like... I was one of the young... I was going with a group of older people. It was like my... My oh, buddy's parents and all of their friends who we I grew up with and like that kind of a thing. But we all party together. So it was not a big deal. So it comes down to it. I couldn't get my birth certificate. It got lost somehow. Oh, no. Yeah. So I don't know if it like between the transfer of my mom to me, my parents to me, or if it just got lost some somewhere along the shuffle. I didn't have my birth certificate, so I couldn't go. And I was like, damn. I had a problem with that. As well, I went to a bachelor party in Montreal a few years ago, and my parents divorced when, like, I was like two months out of the womb. They actually ended up getting back together, they're divorced again. But my mom was pissed, uh, my father, like, when she had me. So I had two different birth certificates, 
and the one with my actual name, Jeff Clark, went missing. And then the one with my mother's maiden name, I still had. So when you're getting a passport, you have to have a birth certificate uh, to, to, to get the passport. And I didn't have it. So I had to go, I had to provide like all these different proofs of like identification and eventually I had to go to like the, I don't know, the passport office in LA, which is fucking a pain in the ass, like yeah. anything else in LA. And I honestly didn't think I was going to be able to go to this bachelor party. I ended up getting the passport like th- three days before my flight was due to take off. So I end up making it, but yeah, dude, I had a similar problem just north of the border, not south of the border. Gotcha. So, so yeah. I know what you're dealing with. We're kind of like birth certificate Eskimo brothers in that yeah. sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and then funny enough is I did go get another, like I went to social security. Oh, because I also didn't have a social security card. Like that got lost too. So I had to start from like legit scratch and it Wait was just like, oh, I was off the grid for a while. I also had to dodge the cops because of a DUI back in the day. Oh, it was, I was off the, I was on the lamb for years, years. Sounds like you're in the witness protection program. I was, but I was my own witness protection. It was like, I, my parents still got my mail for like three years, but I had moved three separate times and just like never updated anything. It was just like, I didn't have a car payment. Like, I was just on the lamb. Everything was Holy cash. Holy shit. Man, that must have been <laughs> exciting, huh? No, it was very uncomfortable. But I got very <laughs> well, comfortable being uncomfortable, and uh, it made me stronger. Made me dumber, but it made me stronger, too, you know? Fair enough. Did you get a sick little podcast room? I'm kind of jealous. Is that a podcast room, or is that part of another bedroom or something? No. Looks like- I, I mean, for fear of... Uh, of messing up the feed because my camera was giving me uh, problems when I was hooking this up. No, this is all smoke and mirrors. This is like the macho man's uh, get up. This is the spare bedroom that we have for any guests. This is Mike's room when he comes over. This couch is a little pullout. Um, Golden tea was my son's Christmas gift a couple years ago. And then we had to move it in this room for something. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to keep it in there. Uh, this, let's see if I can move my fingers. This is a gift. I managed my son's, uh, T-ball team last year and we were orange and black cause I'm a Giants fan and everybody around here is Dodgers fans. So I'm like, in your face, you guys have to root for orange and black. Um, I got that as a gift, which was nice. <laughs> this was a gift from my parents, I believe. Sorry if I forgot. It's been a long time. Um, these are the pubs of South Bend. I'm a Notre Dame fan. My family and I are hardcore Notre Damers. Uh, which are you either one of you alum or is your parents alum or have you ever been to, have you ever been to a Notre Dame game? Actually for my 30th birthday, my wife got me, got us tickets to go fly out there. We did an overnight, like we flew in at landed at like 11 o'clock at night on a Friday um, in Indiana in November, we had to drive around, or maybe we landed in Michigan and drove around to Indiana. So we stay at this little boutique hotel for like five hours because we have to get up early because we're getting on a party bus that takes us to a local, it was like you meet at a local pub and then they give you breakfast and beers and then you get on the bus and then they drive you for, you know, two hours and everybody's just partying on the bus. Um, and we got there. They were playing Louisville. And it was like, 
I'm dressed like Clark Griswold. Like I just got the thermal with the vest and my beanie and some jeans with some, you know, long johns underneath. And it's like sleeting, raining. They ended up losing like 13 to 3. Like it was just like the most miserable game to go to. But it was such a blast because it was just like taking it all in was was incredible. So I have been there once. Um, but no, we're just, we're absolute fans that's that's about it Lamar well, Jackson walking. went to Louisville right you didn't he wasn't he didn't you, go you, to the he wasn't playing the quarterback in the game that you were at right? no no because I will be 38 this year so that was seven and a half years ago gotcha okay well yeah. shit dude so that's that cool was, that you crossed that that bucket list thing off your yeah that was one of those things that was like um you know my pops and I were like we got to do that fucking eventually like it doesn't matter like if we're if we know we're gonna die like fuck everybody charge the credit cards and bury me i don't give a shit like i gotta get there once you know that was our that was our thing so he's made it out there i've made it out there we haven't made it out together but you know one of these days we'll figure did it out. he do like the rather the rudy's father where he's like this is the most beautiful thing these eyes have ever seen i i didn't do that but i did As he stands next to your mother i i <laughs> That. that is such a classic under <laughs> underlined little knife twist that most people don't catch. It's just like you don't matter at all. This is what it's all about. <laughs> He's standing amongst his family saying, This is the happiest day of my entire life. And I have five children and multiple yeah. grandchildren. Yeah. I put this ahead of my marriage and all of your fucking births. <laughs> Except for his, otherwise I wouldn't be here. Yeah, well, yeah, Rudy. Yeah, exactly. Rudy got me in the game, so yeah. I guess I need him. He gets a second place trophy. <laughs> oh, shit. Speaking of bucket list, uh, if you were going to go out in a blaze of glory, what do you think is the worst way to die? Jeez, I saw this on your little uh, docket when you sent it to me. Kudos on the fucking pre-production work, by the way. <laughs> you do a lot more pre-production than I do, I'll tell you that. I don't know. I thought about this while I was doing my little jog. I'm going to need your help on this one. So I mean, I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of heights and, but I'm not afraid to fly. Right. Like I'm not crazy about the observation deck of like, I'm the same way. Like, like being, I've always been terrified of heights, which is why I made myself go skydiving because I was like, you're terrified of heights? Go be out there. You have to do it. You know, it's like I did construction and scaffolding on the outside of buildings. Having to climb up that was like I was always shaking, climbing up like I was terrified, terrified. Those are the heights that I'm most afraid of. Yeah. Skyscraper observation deck. I'm not crazy about it, but it's like, OK, I'm going to get building, your balls tingling on this one. So okay. I, I, I used to be a glazer, which was installing glass and my dad is the maestro. We call him the maestro for a reason. One of our clients uh, talked to one of our buddies and was like, you know, you're working with the maestro, right? And we're like, oh, shit. Okay, you're the maestro. And we're Seinfeld fans, so it's just kind of, it worked itself out. That being said, he's a bad motherfucker. He's the best at what he does. And me being his son, his protege, I was always his right-hand man. He always got the toughest jobs. And the ones that nobody else wanted to do. That being said, we had to change out a window on the outside of a 33rd floor on one of those 
uh, swing stage lifts. And we had yeah. to, and not cleaning, I'm not, on that. not I'm cleaning, not. setting like a 150-pound piece of glass that spans like eight feet long. And nobody Dude. else would do it, so we had to, it was like, somebody has to do this job, but nobody else would do it. So he's like, okay, it's you and me, buddy. <laughs> and it was like, we definitely took the rest of the day off after that. We're like, Whew. Dude, I would have, if I were if I were your father, I would have let you smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey after that. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. That's those are the heights that freak me out the most is the ones that the I don't know. It's like it makes you think if you were like maybe you don't die if you fall. I mean, 33 stories, that's you're definitely dying on that fall, but like yeah. five, six stories, something like that. It's like uh, you know, like those freak me out, right? Like the plane, whatever. Like the plane goes down, I'm fucking dead. I don't care. Yeah. Like whatever, right? Like if I fall off a skyscraper, I'm dead. Whatever, I don't care. But like the fucking the six, seven story, the purgatory fall, the purgatory, yeah, the purgatory fall, fall <laughs> freaks me out. So ladders, like I, like I'm yeah. a little, I'm a little more afraid of ladders than any grown man should be. You know what I mean? So, okay. So uh, okay, so heights is a big one for you. Heights is a big one, and and this isn't a particular death. I don't know if this answers your question, but I'll give it a shot anyways. I After watching the John Wayne Gacy documentary, I definitely don't want to be killed by a serial killer. Like well, that, yeah. almost, that almost always sucks, right? The anxiety like very, and just being terrified up until your demise. Like, Did ugh. you see that documentary by chance? No, I have kids and it's really hard for me to watch that kind of stuff still. I mean, it would be perfect for them to watch. I yeah. mean, Not with them. This is the type of guy you don't want to be around. Yeah, be like, hey, we're, we're watching film, game tape today, boys. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Look for this these is... signs. Training serial killers in, yeah, by, by showing them what every little trick that they messed up on. They're like, oh, so don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, if this guy has a magic trick he wants to show you with handcuffs uh, at his own place, don't do that. Don't yeah. let him put the handcuffs on you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of yeah. Okay, so yeah. let me, okay, so let me give you something that yeah. I thought of. Yeah, like, give me a couple of years. Like uh, like drowning. I almost drowned once, and that was terrifying. Like I I legit was in the ocean. Gate, like put my hand up and was like I can't do this anymore and like started sinking got saved by the coast guard like that was terrifying but it wasn't you as scary as, it wasn't as scary as I thought because I got back to shore and the buddy I was with I was like took a five minute break I'm like you want to go back in he's like what the fuck no we're leaving I was like oh okay wait how old were you I don't know my early 20s in my, oh man, so you tapped out and then wanted to go back in in your early 20s? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, that didn't, I, I was terrified. I like, I accepted that I was dying, so I was definitely scared, but I, it didn't freak me out as much as I thought I, it would. So, but like, I've, I, like, being buried alive and just running out of air eventually. Yeah. That, like, just because. Like, I don't necessarily fear the death part, but the anxiety or terror of knowing you're going to die without, like, actually getting it. Or the worst way would be, like, not necessarily buried alive, but be buried with, like, four New York rats. And it's just, like, they slowly, like, they get full so they can't consume you all at once. And then they just, like, slowly but surely chomp away at you and you just got to deal with it. Ugh! Yeah, no, that's, that, any real, <laughs> I, I mean, myself out. 
I can't think of torture methods. I don't think as well as maybe you could, <laughs> but that's essentially what we're getting at here. Like torture, it feels is probably it the worst. Sounds way like to I don't go. need to watch those uh, serial killer films. Maybe you need some ideas. I don't know. I think with your kind of imagination, the documentary, uh, you might get some fun out of it. All right. So uh, on the reverse, on the flip side, uh, what's the best way to go? Like, what's the ideal way? That's not like euthanasia. You know, like that's there's no fun in that. Yeah, I guess not. Um, maybe for the person doing the euthanasia, right? I mean, uh, I don't know, because then you have to get rid of the body. That sucks. Yeah. See, I would be like if I could get off scot free, and it was just a matter of like a, a close person, friend, family member of mine. Yeah. And like, look, I signed off. Everybody's cool with it, but everybody's like, "Oh, I can't be the one to do it." I'd be like, "Give me that fucking button. See ya." Like, I know what you want. It's okay. I got no problem with that because that's what I would want. Like, if I say take me, fucking take me. You know what I mean? I got one DNR, going back to bro. your other. Going back to your original question, how about death by COVID? Doesn't that kind of suck? I mean, it, you're just another statistic. No one gives a fuck. It, and... See, the part that would suck for me would, would be the isolation. That in my final moments, I couldn't be with the people I love because I would, would not want to get them sick. Sure. And it's like, oh, well, touch me through the fence. You know, it's like, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, it's like a contagion scene. You have that. Also, if you're, you're unvaccinated, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're, you, absolutely, you're a bitch. You have a, a terrible immune system, and you're a weaker human, and probably yeah, fucking natural selection. Absolutely. If you're not vaccinated, you're gonna feel like a fucking idiot, right? Right. Well, as you're dying. If, if you, you are, are vaccinated, vaccinated, you're gonna feel like an idiot. Yeah, you're gonna feel <laughs> pretty like dumber, oh, man, actually. all this stuff. Oh. Yeah, especially if you're one of those vaccinated people that are like very preachy about it on the internet and then it yeah. still takes you out. I mean, you can argue A, you're a bigger bitch, and B, you're dumber. I don't yeah. know. So <laughs> I feel like that is a good angle. I know. I hate we I hate to bring back COVID. I know we're kind of just getting out of it. Um, I but I feel like it's just going to be here. We just need to, to accept it and move on. I know, but um, we can't accept it so much where it's, you feel okay dying from COVID. If you no. if you have COVID and you're going to the hospital, you should automatically think you're a pussy because you are. <laughs> just, I'm just kidding, kind of. Kind of. Uh, all right. Well, all right, so it ways to die. Obviously, drown, drowning, drowning. Excuse me, in pussy is probably the best way to go. I don't know. It sounds laborious. Like, I don't want to be working when I fucking die. But what if, like, you're on your back and it's more like she's sitting on your face? That's I a think. suffocation thing. That's a panic. No, thanks, man. This is the optimal <laughs> way to go. Like, if you're going to die having sex, heart attack. Stroke out. at least You know, like, have a stroke while she's giving you a stroke. That's fine. Oh, okay. Wouldn't that be the way to go? Like, see, I would be way more entertaining with it. Like, I'd, like since I'm so afraid of heights, I'd probably skydive. But, like, instead of no parachute, I'd have a parachute and just not tell anybody. It's just packed with confetti instead of, like, a parachute. So you're talking about suicide. Like, what's the yeah, funnest way to well, kill Well, I yourself? mean, that would be my – or it could be, like, death by sex or, you know, saving a child. I don't know. What's, like, what's the optimal way to go out? Like, if it was on your terms. How about, like, a, like a fucking a street race? That would yeah, be pretty see? cool, right? That See, that, like – 
one of my best friends, that's probably the way he would want to go. Is like he wins a street race and his car explodes, and it's like fuck it, perfect. Yeah. He's doing. <laughs> he does a donut at the finish line. It just fucking rolls like thirty times. Yeah, it'd kind of make you look stupid, but it would be kind of sweet, I guess. Right. I don't know, like going down in a blaze of glory, glory is essentially the answer and however you can get there. Yeah, the evil Knievel theory. Absolutely. I mean, he never even died doing that. I know, but that's such a shame. Like, that dude got so injured for so long doing the thing that should have killed him and it didn't. Like, oh, it's like Al Capone had... going down for taxes. It's rough. Yeah, I wonder if it's like he felt like how Lieutenant Dan felt in Forrest Gump when <laughs> Forrest Gump was like pulling him out of the forest or out of Nam. He's just like, dude, I'm supposed to die here with my fucking troops. Like, yeah. Evil Knievel probably felt like he was supposed to die jumping the Snake River. And I was a little disappointed he didn't. 100%. You know that he set up stunts that were impossible to make and people were like, we can't do that. We can't yeah. sign off on this. And he's like... Uh, come on, man. Like, this is how I got to go. And they're like, no, we're not going to yeah. build this ramp. No. Yeah, we can't assist your, we can't euthanize you via exactly. stunt. Exactly. All right. You took that one stride pretty well. Let's see if we can push this final boundary. If you had to marry any animal, which animal would you marry? A dog. I mean, I'm pretty dog? much, I mean, I went fucking. I'm going to dry spell. We'll save this for another podcast because I feel like some of your listeners might have the impression that I'm more cool than I am, but it's been a little, it's been, I'll call a sign for you. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been spending a lot of time with my hand and not much with the opposite sex. So, okay. But you marry this dog. I get the companionship part that, that box is checked, but you're going to have sex with this thing. That doesn't seem, come on. Oh, wait, I have to fuck an animal, you're, too? You're, you're marrying it. Like, you get the whole marriage package. Like, you're in love with this animal. It's just what type of animal is it? That's the thing is I fucking I hate pretty much every animal except for dogs and horses. So, I mean, I guess I'd fuck the horse and marry the dog. And I don't know. <laughs> I, well, I don't even know what the, I'd kill every other animal, <laughs> preferably but one that I could eat. I guess... It, I mean, horse is the standard answer because you can ride it, but that's stupid because nobody that marries and fucks a horse is going to ride it into town. Like, you're a solid, solitude is your thing, man. Okay, how about, how about gorilla? Because, I don't know, because what if they get a little too excited and rip your dick off? Well, I mean, don't you run that risk with pretty much every animal unless you're... Not a cow. You, you can marry a cow. I don't know what cows do. I mean, they just stand there. Like, you got unlimited supply of milk. They got nice big flappers. Yeah. And then when when you get sick of it, like when that relationship goes bad, that three-year period, you know, the Paula Abdul standard, when it's like shit goes south and you guys just can't stand each other, you actually get to murder this thing. You can't murder a girlfriend. That's illegal. You can murder a cow. And then you get to, like, release all of those bad feelings. And it's just a one-stop shot. Yeah. Not to mention that. Not to mention that when you break up and it's like, fuck, I left some of my favorite clothes over at her place. And then now she's got some stuff over here that's going to, I don't know, to throw it out. It's going to remind me of her. None of that. You kill this cow. You got a nice new leather jacket. You got a steak full or a freezer full of steaks. Like, dude, you are. It's true. You are on the money. 
don't yeah. know. I think a bovine is the way to go if you got if you got to get the whole package. As a guy, we don't really, you know, when we're looking for relationships, we don't really shop looking for security. With a gorilla, I could get some security. That's no true. one's gonna That's fuck with me. That's a built-in bodyguard right there. Yeah, like I'm going here. Yes, this gorilla fucks like, me. But you're VIP anywhere. You're you not go. gonna talk shit because <laughs> this gorilla will fuck this entire room up. You know, <laughs> like like how I'm doing all the work, even when I fucking kill it. Like I have more work to do, effectively. You know, True. like, I mean, the points that you made about getting the leather and getting a, a, a shit ton of meat, that's great. I love that milk. Love milk. Um, but I mean, do I have to pasteurize it myself? Perhaps. Oh, yeah. You know, with gorilla or a horse, that's a 50 50 relationship. You know what I'm saying? True. Like, we both are bringing something to the table. The cow. Yeah, that's true. And the, the cow's more of like a trophy body. wife. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it's the most, that's it, a great way of putting it. It's the yeah. most trophy wife out there. Do you think hillbillies fuck sheep because when they pass out, it's a blanket? Uh, I mean, you got to be hammered when you're fucking animals, right? You can't fucking animals over. I would like, I would like to think that hillbillies fuck sheep because they have the tightest pussies. Like they do it for the right reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Oh shit! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the right reason to fuck a horse or an animal would be, but I, mean, I would I say think the right answer is there is no reason to do that. So, but you know, well, I don't know. If, you if have they're, you they're, have animal matrimony on the fucking docket. What do you want me to do? I'm just you know. Sometimes we think outside of the box over here. I, that's what I'm trying to do. I you, love it, and you got a good outside the box thinker. So I love it. So all right, outside the box. Um, your specialty is sports gambling. And I uh, have to not, not lately. Well, I okay. do have to say, uh, anybody that wants to follow Jeff uh, on Twitter, or Instagram at Jeffro Records, uh, he's the most honest sports handicapper that I've seen in a long, long time because he posts his losses too. And like he was just saying, he's he's kind of eating dick right now in Major League Baseball, but he's still posting his picks and he's still posting his uh, scores and how he's doing. So that being said, he crushed it in the NBA this season. He helped me win some money. Um, so right now we've got uh, the Bucks and Celtics all tied up at two. Uh, they're playing this evening as we're recording. Where do you uh, where do you see that shaking out that series? I mean, before it started, it was hard not to take the Bucks because they have the best player in the series. Um, I think you know I bet a, a Boston a lot in the regular season. They made me a bunch of money, but I was a little nervous on how they would do um, in late game half court situations without a true point guard. I like Marcus smart a lot uh, defensive player of the year, but as like a true floor general, he doesn't really check that box. Um, but you know, you know, I guess the argument for them is they've been in the Eastern conference finals a lot recently. And um, you know, they were probably due for um, maybe a breakthrough performance as we stand now heading into what is this game five, right? It's mm-hmm. tied two, two, um, Celtics are favored five and a half or five. Currently. I, I think the Celtics win and I, they probably cover, uh, because, and this is a big reason why I'm struggling this postseason. favorites are just cashing at a crazy rate. Home favorites are cashing home teams are winning. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a three-point heavy league, and the officiating has made a huge impact in the NBA or in the playoffs more so than maybe most years. 
So, you know, home teams, the role players tend to perform better at home and they tend to get more of the referees whistle at home. So I think Boston probably wins here. I do think it goes to a game seven because I don't think Milwaukee will be eliminated on their home floor, but it just feels like ultimately Boston will, will push through. How, how do you feel about this though? Um, I took the Celtics at the beginning of the series and mm-hmm. I just think if it, if it's a grinded out series, the Celtics take it because unfortunately the Bucks only have one player and it's just, it's hard to go back to back when you're doing it by yourself. Ask LeBron, yeah. you know, like yeah. you could still make a run at it, but you're going to get tired and somebody that can grind you like Boston. I just, you know, um, I, I felt, saw the Celtics going all the way to the finals with uh, the Warriors and the, having the Warriors take it. I um, It feels like Boston's defense is wearing down Milwaukee's offense as the series goes on. They Milwaukee sat Giannis um, with like five minutes left in the fourth quarter as that game was getting away from them because he was so tired. Like, that's alarming. And to your point, yeah, I mean, like, their half-court offense has significantly suffered without Chris Middleton in the lineup. Like, I felt like Giannis got them to the point where it was a toss-up game or a coin flip game, and then Middleton would close them out with, like, big, I don't know, like um, half-court shots, half-court field goals last year in the playoffs, and that's not there. And, like, Holiday, for as good as he is defensively, is pretty much shooting them out of this fucking series. Like he can't, he can't hit anything. It's crazy. Like thirty three percent from the field. So I don't know, but like I do think the home team does have a huge edge. Milwaukee has at least one more home game, so it'll probably get to Game Seven. But if I were you, I'd be excited about having the Celtics pre flop before the series. Yeah. So the other game that's on this evening is Warriors Grizzlies. Uh, John Morant's probably done for the yeah. playoffs and i think the reason why it's being addressed that way is because they're like uh this is the last game <laughs> right you know uh i did take the warriors minus four yesterday i think the line's still there um hadn't moved really uh from i think i saw it uh i saw it four and a half some places but yeah it's mostly four i think the consensus is four but considering they're the away team usually like you said it's been a two and a half to three points is is a win or a loss um for the home teams usually so yeah uh seven point basically a seven point spread for the home team without john morant's what you're taking and i i just i just don't think like you were saying about the refs um calling for the home team a lot this year with the superstar out and one of the other league superstars on the other team. I think the whistles are going to be swallowed in this game tonight and the Warriors just roll. Yeah. I mean, ultimately I don't know who for the Grizzlies gets to the foul line, right? Like it maybe Memphis could get some home cooking, right. And, and the NBA or the refs want to see this game, this series go a little further for whatever reason, but like, who's going to be the guy in the Grizzlies that's going to force the refs to make a shitty call. I don't know anyone's going to really do that. I mean, John Morant was the best player in the series before he went down. Not like uh, the guy I would draft first if I was taken from any one of these players, you know, Steph Curry's still that guy, but like John Morant, no one could stay in front of him in the series. And he was, he was playing better than everyone else. Um, I do think the outcome of last game with the Warriors 
Grizzlies, which is what, 101-98, Warriors won game four. I thought that was misleading um, because, I mean, the Warriors scored 38 first half points. Like the Grizzlies, you have to win that fucking game. You, You have to win that game. You can't. You can't lose a game where they shoot that poorly. I mean, I think Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, and and Clay Thompson combined for like thirty five percent shooting. It was abysmal. Clay Thompson was building a fucking brick house out there, and they <laughs> and they still lost. Right? I don't like. I I I, I can't expect Golden State to play that bad again. So I expect them to roll tonight, kind of. And I just kind of. I feel like this game gets away from Memphis without them having John Morant to like stop the bleeding effectively. So yeah. I think, I think the Warriors move on. They wait for the outcome of the Dallas Phoenix series, which is at three to two right now going into game six. How do you feel about that series? Think it's closed out <sighs> or you think Luca's going to come out one time and then goes game seven. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know how it, I'd have to expect it to go seven games. I mean, the home team has won by double digits each game this series, right? Like, after game two, in my head, it was like, oh, Dallas is done. They can't fucking win because everything you saw in the first two games, it was just like Dallas getting manhandled. And then they came out and beat the brakes off of Phoenix almost as badly as they got beat. So I expect, like, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, Jalen Brunson, Maxi Kleber to go off in Dallas, right? Push it to a game seven. But, you know, I, I don't think they can do it in Phoenix, you know? So I think that's ultimately probably going to be the deal breaker. Maybe Dallas covers as six and a half point underdogs in game seven. That'll probably be the line. I do think it'll go game seven, but it's just because – the home team is essentially won by ten plus points. I don't, I don't see that changing really. I know that's a boring answer, but no, I don't, it's fair. I don't. It's absolutely fair. Uh, and I, now I, we I got t- Embiid back with the with the Seventy Sixers, and that's completely changed that series. How do you see that unfolding now that it's? He's probably going to miss a game, don't you think? He's he's hobbling out there. Embiid. Yeah, he's hobbling. So he's got a a leg thing and the face thing. Well, I. From what I saw, uh, I feel like he's chubby and he always kind of waddles. No, but he was was pulling something with his back towards the end of the game. And I don't know if that was just for sympathy for the refs or if it was legit, like he's getting tired and like he's compensating as someone who's had back problems. Like when you compensate for like a knee issue, like your back can get messed up. So I was wondering if that's kind of what he was dealing with, but. It just seems like he's been getting up off the ground a lot, and usually he's the one putting people on the ground. So I'm kind of curious as to how well he's holding up. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like the biggest difference he's made in this series has been defensively. Like Bam Adebayo just shit all over Philly in the first two games, and he came back, and Bam Adebayo did nothing um, since Embiid's been back in the series. Um, you know, it's another, this is a, again, the, the broken record here. It's another situation where it's hard to bet against Philly in Philly, but you know, Miami has the home court advantage. You'll have game. 
Uh, we're, they're up three to two right now. So yep. game six will be in Philly. Game seven will be in Miami. And um, ultimately, I think Miami will close it out in one of those two games. I wouldn't be surprised if they get it done in Philly. I think the market is a little low on Miami. Um, I think um, I think Miami, you know, uh, all their experience between Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, who's been in the finals before, granted it was a bubble finals, gives them an edge over a Doc Rivers team who likes to pee down their legs in the playoffs and James Harden, who always chokes in the playoffs and Joel Embiid, who as good as he's been, uh, he's really never done anything of impact in the playoffs. Like I don't think he's even made a conference finals. So um, I think Miami's undervalued also because of their defense, not just their experience. They had the best or second best three point defensive three point shooting in the league during the regular season. And they gave up the least amount of paint points per game. So if it's like, if you're doing really well and defending the three and you give up the fewest paint points, that defense is pretty fucking strong. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of how I see it. Um, uh, so I'm hoping Miami advances that way, whoever they're playing, they'll probably be getting points, right? Like Miami will be getting points against Boston or get, getting points against Milwaukee, whoever advances there. So I'll be looking to buy them at that, at that point. But I think Miami advances. Nice. Uh, all right. So on to uh, interesting thing that I saw in the NFL. Did you see that Josh Lambeau is suing the Jacksonville Jaguars for compensation for this year's salary for the 2022 season? No. Yeah, so he was supposed to get $4 million uh, for the 2022 season. I guess since he has a veteran's contract, even though he was released in 2019, he still got paid through 2021 um, because of some clause for veterans. Like, if you get released, like for no good reason or whatever, just because you suck, you still get paid throughout whatever. That being said, this is because he, you know, Urban Meyer kicked him in the leg and when he was stretching, uh, when he was on the team and, you know, was cursing at him and all that kind of stuff. And Josh Lambeau came out when Urban Meyer started going down for all his nefarious or, you know, whatever he was doing. Uh, He was like, oh yeah, that guy's a total dick. Guess what he did to me? And so now he's going back, like, that guy's already kind of a pussy for, like, you know, talking out of the locker room. Like, listen, dude, that's your head coach, and yeah, that's that guy's an asshole. If you want to fucking fist fight him, you're a grown man, but that's a football locker room. Snitching. You know? like, yeah, like, Snitching yeah, Jack. I don't know. Like, I didn't know how I felt about that. But I guess dude, if you I heard were, that story, and I thought it was hilarious. I was laughing my balls off. But like, of all the Urban Meyer shit, I thought that one was the best. Kicks the kicker in the leg. You know he didn't like physically kick him that hard. Just like a love tab. Like, what did he say? Like, hey, you're gonna make your fucking. You better kicks not today? fucking miss today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the I mean, way, you get paid millions of dollars. You better not fucking miss today, Josh Lambo. And that's how the, his entire all the teammates feel about it too. Like the kicker better not fuck this up. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. but I mean. Now, here's the thing where I'm kind of torn. Like, okay, he's already vilified as a pussy. That's, that's you know, that's out there. In stone, yeah. So, might as well go after the money, right? 
Sure. Like, like well. double down on being a bitch and take it to court, you know, like because he's claiming hostile work environment and he couldn't sleep because he was having anxiety and like yeah, real just bitch to shit. Say all, yeah, just to <laughs> say that stuff out loud as a, as a man it's and as hard. a football player, like uh, you're setting you're setting kickers back, right? Yeah. Like you're, everyone, you're, like this hasn't been so bad for kickers since Martin Gramatica fucking hurt himself. <laughs> no, yeah, you've lowered the bar on, <laughs> on kicker bitch shit. I will say though, the, I I love the NFL. The NFL's king. It's the best thing yeah. to gamble on. Not to say that I'm the most successful at that. It's the hardest game to it's gamble on, fun. but it, it's the most fun. I fucking love football Sunday. I love I love the NFL. I love it. It's like my favorite shit. They are. Um, they do a bunch of shitty things as an organization and watching them get racked or lose some of these court cases isn't the worst thing. Right. Um, so I am in that sense, I, I, I would be rooting for Lambo. You know what I mean? Just cause like what well, NFL is effectively a trillion dollar fucking company that doesn't pay taxes. Like fuck you, you can lose a, a court case here or there. Which, by but, the way, instead of borrowing money from China, why doesn't the fucking government borrow from the NFL? You can't do that? I don't know. <laughs> they should. What you just, yeah, what you just said kind of breaks my brain. <laughs> because you can't have a private corporation in the government's pocket, but there's already all that shit going on anyway. At least it would be on the table. Imagine, like, America's game. Because I... Baseball is America's pastime, but America's game is football. America's game, reviving the country. Come on, that's just, it's got fucking put a Stater Brothers commercial in the background and some fucking cornfield. It sells like, itself. Like, they had, like, Fortnite skins for the NFL. Like, imagine if they had, like, like fighter jet NFL skins. And, like, like so... Like they borrowed money from the NFL, so the NFL got to put their fucking shield on one of the fighter jets. And so then like, all of a sudden, like all of the uh, armed force academies now have the greatest football teams in the world instead of being the shittiest. Like yeah. ten to three, like four passes in the entire game. Now it's just like sixty-three to fifty-two, just running all up and down the field. Yeah, like Army and Navy make it into the fucking BCS tournament or the college football uh, playoff tournament. That would be cool. Um, and I can, yeah, I mean, it'd be sick if, 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 uh, NFL pitched in a little bit on American imperialism and was like, Hey, we'll throw you some money. We just, <laughs> you know, while you're bombing the Taliban, I want the NFL logo. I want them to fucking see it. And you know, maybe the kids who, oh who my God, survived the bombing. That's will, what they do. <laughs> they just change yeah. the patches of the armed forces to the shield of the NFL. It's sell it's done. Absolutely. They yeah, already they got the up. patches. Yeah, but I mean that could work uh in a way that maybe the NFL doesn't want it. Whereas like, you know, that whole Middle East market just fucking hates the NFL. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And, you know, like, that could be it could put the NFL stadium at risk of being an, uh, a terrorist attack venue. So well speaking of uh <laughs> Middle East stuff we'll skip a little bit here uh but how do you feel about this pga versus liv situation do you know what's going on with this saudi arabia back golf league i do i do so i'm new into golf 
Well, you've actually got me in a couple of head-to-head bets. I think you're up two to one in our little head-to-head series. I think I've, we're yeah. I think it's we're two one and one. We chopped once. Yeah, we chopped one. You beat me once, but I'm new into golf. It's going really well for me. I fucking love betting golf. It's my favorite sport to bet on. Actually, it it's fucking sick. Um, but. So I'm I'm new to the whole I don't know just like the tradition of golf what's acceptable what's not and all that so this one kind of goes over my head um, but it is fun and, and it is interesting hearing some PGA Tour beef like uh, Roy McIlroy I think it was before the Masters or one tournament they asked him about the Phil Mickelson thing it was before. Uh... The uh, Riviera. Yeah. And he just lit Phil Mickelson up. He did. Like he, he pretty he much called. Down. Yep. Yeah. He was like, yeah, oh, I couldn't believe what he said. It was ignorant. It was stupid. It was a bunch of other things. And like, you don't see that a lot in team sports because they got the union shit and it's union players union versus the owners. Right. And this very specific situation, the player is effectively, um, um, removing himself or or just saying like fuck the union the pga tour and i like the fact that the pga players are like going back at phil mickelson um and i don't know like i have no interest in this i know some of the names that are being rumored you know you got the phil mickelson you got sergio garcia you got lee westwood fucking have all of them but they have no like they don't have any tv rights set up like it's not going to be no, on television in America. No, but here's the deal: is the purses are fucking gigantic. They just got a two billion dollar influx yesterday for the 2024-25 seasons. Yeah, which is which is great for them. But like, how does that add, add any value to our life? And I don't like. I love gambling on golf, and I've it's it's built my interest in it. But I don't like it enough where I'm going to follow. I'm going to download the LIV app and find a follow shot tracker and all that well, shit. I'm you not know what? That's essentially that's what everybody said about DAZN. And then now it's kind of like a, yeah, you know, like if something comes up, DAZN is acceptable to have where at first it was laughed at. And this might be the same thing because what I read into a little bit was, first of all, every tournament is a $25 million purse. That means that uh, minimum. So that means that first place walks away with four million guaranteed. That's Sick. a giant jump. So people are like, if I can win two or three of these tournaments without all the competition, yeah, maybe I'll jump ship. Like, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? If they're in it for the money, they're like, hell yeah, I'll go do this thing. And from their perspective, I shit, I feel them. Like, what can I say? I can't. I can't knock that. And what's funny is the they're hosting an event in London June 9th through the 11th. Um, it's like their first main invitational or something like that where some of the PGA players are being allowed to, like they're being released for whatever period of time to go play in this tournament. And Brooks Kepka just withdrew from the Byron Nelson Championship this upcoming tournament. So wait a minute. So you think he's going to be playing in this London event? Because the PGA Championship is next week. Yeah, but this this event isn't for a month. This is four weeks away. Okay, so he's like taking the... Might 
be trying to negotiate, like take the time and negotiate all that stuff with him. I don't know. Brooks Kepka seems like the kind of guy that's definitely in it for himself and is like, what's yeah. the best, what's the best deal? And it might be Ooh. one of those things where it's, you know, you got to prove your loyalty to these guys and they pull out of this thing and we'll score. Yeah. You for these individual sports, that makes perfect sense, right? Like a tennis player, a golfer, they should be in a boxer. They should be in it for their own. Paycheck. Yeah, they're pretty much autonomous from the sport, even though right. they're involved. Right. I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it's on them to win. It's on them to make their own money. So I I, I understand, like, someone jumping ship or, or taking the paycheck. I just personally, I have, like, no interest. I'm not going to follow. I'm not going to follow it. Like, I'm not going to, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not, it's not going to be something I pay attention to. I, I will say, though. As a gambler, like I could easily like go the other way and care about it more if I find a gambling edge. So I'll sure. see what happens. I'll see how the tournaments play out, how like how I can consume the tournament, whether it be streaming on my computer or if they set up some sort of TV deal. But until I find like a way to gamble on it, I can't see myself being interested. You know, like if they were to get like if Scotty Scheffler, big, all right, I'm going over there. That, you know, Colin Marikawa, they got some huge names that really made the PGA Tour rattle. That would be fucking exciting. But it feels like most of the PGA Tour, the guys who aren't over the hill, the guys who still are chasing, like, legacy glory are like, fuck that. We're going, we're staying right here. We're not going to that shitty LIV Tour, whatever the fuck they call it. Yeah. Know. No. Fair enough. All right. Well, speaking of uh, what you're not going to be watching, what what you've been watching lately? Whatever you what are you peaking your interest these days on the two? Like I told you, I I'm, I'm I'm big into sports right now, so it's hard to like, it's 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 um it's hard to really like find any time outside of sports because I do like to drink beer and smoke pot while watching sports. So like when the sports are over, I'm I'm fucking going to sleep, dude. I can't even stay awake. Fair enough. Um, you know, I'm Better Call Saul is like the only TV that I feel like is somewhat like important uh, appointment TV. Uh, what comes out like every Monday? I watched the first three episodes. I think the fifth one just came out last night, so I do have to catch up as I'm talking shit, but. Like the first three episodes were fucking amazing. Better Call Saul is just phenomenal. Um, and I reviewed this on one of my podcasts, but I also really got into the Apple TV documentary, The Big Con. Have you heard of this? I have. It's, it's, I'm actually kind of like Apple TV Plus is kind of becoming my go to. That and HBO Max are like my two, like, I'm kind of leaning that, like, they just seem to be coming out with better stuff. And I'm like, okay, so I have seen the big con, but I, I've i seen it on my display, I should say, but I haven't clicked on it yet. But it's on my radar for sure. It's pretty sick. So okay. it's, a th- it's a three-part documentary series about this Kentucky lawyer named Eric Kahn who specializes in disability law, social security claims. And he finds a way to essentially rip off the Social Security Administration by filing these bogus claims that get pushed through by uh, a local attorney that he has on the take and a, um, and like phony doctors that he uses to sign off on these social security disabilities. 
So he finds out or he figures out that um, you can make a whole bunch of money by by getting these social security disability claims um, filed and um, processed like at volume. Like if you get enough of them, you're going to start making some serious money. And he ended up getting the social security or uh, filing like $500 million of social security benefits. So from there, it turns into like social security lawyer in Kentucky meets Wolf of Wall Street. And this guy just has the fucking craziest, sickest life ever. I guess um, a week, um, one week every month, he'll go on some like, um, some vacation in like South America or in, in Asia where he'll just like fuck young South American girls, young Asian girls. And he'll come back with another wife. This dude had oh 16 wives and he was straight up there. He was counting them off. He had like five from Colombia, one from Ecuador. He had like two from Thailand. It was shit like that. And he would just, I don't I would assume because like he was a lawyer, he had like easy ways to get these fucking things annulled and he could just like almost like fast food uh, weddings. But I, I thought the story was awesome. It kept me engaged the whole time. And it was like one of those things where, again, I smoke so much pot, drink so much beer while I'm watching sports that when sports are over, I'm done. So after a full night of watching sports, I was like, whatever, I'll throw this on. I'm probably not going to watch. I'll just go to sleep. I was up the whole time, like fucking cheering for this guy. Nice. Like, this guy is awesome. And <laughs> like the Wolf of Wall Street shit, like if we're being honest and fair, it gets a little dark at sometimes for Jordan Belfort and he yeah. behaves in a way that's less cool. You know, yeah. this guy, everyone likes him. Everyone thinks he's fucking cool. And he's only and, fucking the government, not people individually. Yeah, so nobody gives yeah. a shit. Yeah. Like, so I'm the into three, it. Three of the three of the main characters in the story. One is a Wall Street journalist, huge pussy, blows up the whole fucking thing um, because he finds as he's investigating, I don't know, Social Security claims or benefits or whatever. He finds that this one Kentucky or West Virginia uh, judge um, process uh, uh, processes like 99.7% of the claims. This is the guy that this guy's paid off, right? Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? Like everyone's everyone's batting like 40%. This guy's <laughs> at so, so he's like, this is this is fucked up. Okay. And then there's other there's these two fucking Karen's, these two chicks in the Social Security Administration, the local social social security office that are like pounding the table. Like this guy's fucked up. This guy's working with judges and no one cares the whole time. No one's like, like it's seriously, they're they're like outcasts in their own office. Their office fucking hates them. They're like, no one cares. Stop giving us more work. Shut the fuck up. You're not doing anything that's helping society. Dude. Um, If you really, really are like, Hey, this guy is whatever. Just go approach him. If nobody cares, be like, listen, we know what's going on here. Just get on the take two and shut the fuck up. Oh, that's a good idea. You know what I'm saying? Just be like, hey, we have all this on you, but we won't show anybody, even though nobody fucking cares. Just don't show your hand. Play it hard. You know what I mean? Make make his asshole tighten up and then be like, okay, just give, you know, get us on the take. Yeah. I mean, we know how much you're getting. Give us right. 10%. <laughs> Give us a million. I mean, we'll shut the fuck up. We'll burn, we'll burn all the thing. We'll burn all the evidence. That's cool. That's a, that's a good way. But these, 
these fucking hall monitors were just <laughs> snitching, dude. Just snitching. It's terrible. Like, I felt so bad for him. Like, they had his daughter come through on, on the documentary, and the, the daughter couldn't even bullshit. Was like, he, he was like my best friend. The guy is awesome. Oh. Like, I love my father. Like, no one had anything bad to he's say. He's just about really him. good at paperwork. <laughs> I guess he's a Mensa member. He's which a people I had, person. I had, to, I had to Google this. Mensa is like, for people that have such a high IQ, like you have to apply to it and you have to have like a 190 plus IQ. I took a test for that when I was a kid. How did you, how did you do? I don't think my mom. Are you a Mensa member? Uh, I don't know. I think that you had to pay to be a member. So I, I just know that we couldn't pay. So I didn't, we didn't know if it was like a scam or if it was like a, Hey, this is legitimately, you got to pay for this thing. So we just, I don't know. I took a test and mailed it somewhere. I know that. Like, he was legitimately a fucking smart guy. Like, a legitimately pretty good lawyer. And after he was, after his whole grift was blown open and and the government caught wind of it, all of the people that he got Social Security benefits for and claims for, all of their benefits were stopped, but the government just stopped them. Right. And, and they, uh, a few lawyers picked up the, um, the canceled social security claims and tried to push them back through. Right. Cause some people needed help. They found out, I think it was 1500. I, either way, half of the claims that he processed were like legitimate people fucking have disability. They need help. Right. And half of them, they, they weren't, yeah. you know, he, he fucked it. He fudged numbers a little bit, you know, I, either way, it's just, it feels like a lot less of a victim, uh, a, a lot more of a victimless crime than what Jordan Belfort was doing. Like he was sure. granted, he started ripping off rich people and you can be like, ah, fuck the rich people. That, that is pretty lame. Like getting over on a system that we just know is broken. Like the social security system. i effectively been taught this since I was a kid. Like we're not seeing any of that money. This shit's yeah. over. Like it's ruined. You know Just what I mean? So, like, so Eric Khan, you know, and the same type of Wolf of Wall Street energy is like, dude, I knew how to spend the money better. Like, fuck it. Like, yeah. give the money. <laughs> dude. So this fool amongst having like 16 just dime wives and his daughter pretty hot too. Having 16 dime wives, this motherfucker opened a a Halloween-themed brothel in Thailand. Fuck, that's cool. What do you mean, ew? I don't know. That's like like creepy on top of creepy. That's, that's, I don't know. Okay, I guess maybe you have to see it. I'll have to check that out. I'll look it up. Yeah, because as they, like, as they described, it was essentially just, like, it was a brothel, but the girls would wear, like, I mean... Gotcha. Slutty Halloween costumes. Like you Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. It was just it was just themed. I don't know. Just Halloween that initially threw me off because like Halloween can be pretty dark sometimes. It's like, oh shit. I don't know. I don't know. Like some people, you know, they go to remember our early twenties. Yeah. Girls would go pretty hard for Halloween. Girls still go pretty hard for Halloween. So if you have that, but in a brothel, I don't know. I, I got you for that. Okay. I'm in Thailand. Yeah, fair enough. Know, fair enough. That's the ultimate. Man. Yeah, that's the ultimate role play. I got you. I don't know. So I thought it was cool, um, and it just seemed like he really knew how to the fucking spend his money. Yeah, the big con. I uh, highly recommend I'm into it. that. I'll, I'll definitely check that out this week. That'll be my um, nightly, uh, my nightly viewing. So I'm I'll tell you what I've been, I, yeah. I've been watching. Yeah, you what you're watching. Um, 
Real quick, I did finally see Until the Wheels Fall Off, the Tony Hawk documentary on uh, HBO Max. And, like, I even heard, like, you know, oh, when he when he's trying to do the 900, you know, like, I got choked up. And I'm like, I'm not going to get choked up, even though I get emotional really easy. Like, I'm not going to get choked up. I watched that shit live. You know, like, I, I was into it. I was cheering in my fucking living room, like, nine, nine, you know, like, I, I experienced it already. So I'm like, eh, whatever. I knew it was coming, and I'm like, <laughs> like, dude, yeah. it still got me. Just like this fucking champion of a champion. Like, they broke the mold when they made this dude because he's also like the nicest guy. Yeah, and that's one of the most important things. That is like, you can be the best and still be fucking cool. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't have to be all or not, you know. But I do that's get true. in certain certain arenas. Like your your edginess or your sharpness is what gets you there. So, you know, like a Mike yeah. Tyson can't be the fucking friendliest guy in the room, even though apparently is now. For sure, yeah. And like, I don't know. It's 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 probably tough for Tony Hawk to build up uh, the type of ego that maybe he should have. Like, let's be honest. Like, his success as a skateboarder is parallel to Tiger Woods in golf, to Michael Jordan in basketball. So, like, when you find out Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan have massive egos, kind of like, well, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah, of course. If everyone's telling you they're the greatest all the time, like, yeah. But like Tony Hawk, you saw the documentary. Even after he solidified himself as the greatest skateboarder ever, this motherfucker almost had to get a real job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because skateboarding became that unpopular. So like it probably always kept him grounded, or like the the skateboarding grind kind of kept him grounded. I mean, in, in that sense, you know. So like, I don't know. I um one of the guys, uh, one of the guys I do the Mad Scientist Party Hour actually went to Tony Hawk's house and skateboarded with Tony Hawk. Right on. He, um, yeah, um, I'll plug this at the end, but I do the mad scientist again at the end. I do the mad scientist party hour um, with two other guys. One of them is a as a producer and co-host of Jason Ellis's show. Jason Ellis is a, a former professional skateboarder, and he also does a show with Tony Hawk. So they all linked up, and my buddy got to hang out with Tony Hawk, skateboard with Tony Hawk, kind of. I mean, Tony Hawk is going through a broken leg, um, yeah. So he's not really skateboarding right now, but. And that was actually one of the one of the the themes that we'll circle back and talk about in the documentary itself is just like, the skateboarder's inability to give up the game. But yeah, I mean, he said Tony Hawk is fucking cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, no one who's met Tony Hawk has had, had anything bad to say about him, effectively. So, I mean, it know. is one of those things where it's nice to see like somebody knew what they wanted to do early, they accomplished their dream, and they're happy about it. You know, they're like, hey, I did get everything I wanted. I can I can be happy. You know, it's yeah. like like I can because I, I as somebody who is, you know, aggressively not intimidated by ambition, um, you know, like I appreciate the grind. I need it. I need it to hurt for yeah. me to feel like I'm doing something productive and I got to feel yeah. productive. So if for for somebody to be that calm and cool about it and to see like. You know, usually they can edit things in a certain way, but I've also followed Tony Hawk, like I said, for most of my life. And it's like, I have never once heard, like, anytime I've heard of him being a dick to somebody, they absolutely deserved it. <laughs> or he yeah. was, like, partying and got out of control. Everybody does. Like, right. there's no, like, 
ill intention in that man's body that I've ever heard of. So it makes yeah. it that much more, you know, emotionally if, drawing to to watch something like that. Yeah, and to your point, it feels like he's comfortable in his own skin and and is is happy with like the legacy and the, understands the legacy that he's left behind. We 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 skipped over this in the docket, um, but. You know, that might be one of the issues Tom Brady has, right? Where, I mean, Tom Brady's TV contract, which will kick in once he actually goes on TV after he's done playing football. Which, by the way, Fox said, whenever you say, there's no time limit on it. It could be six years from now and they go, whenever you say, here's 10 years, $375 million. Right, which is more than he's ever made uh, from, from actually playing football. I mean, part of it is like, you know, what, what the fuck is he going to do? He's got to do something, right? And like, He has Tony to Hawk be the breadwinner. Never... He has to be the breadwinner. And that puts him over the top in his house. That's It's got to be why the deal is the number that it is. And it has to be more than his previous career. Otherwise, it's not a step up. He can't make a lateral move. And what I also read about this contract, what I thought was hilarious, he's signing on as their lead analyst... Like, they're already just saying, like, everybody get the fuck out of the way. This is Tom's show for 10 years. And they said he's the ambassador of Fox. So, basically, he's just going to pick and choose wherever he feels like going. And it's like, that's the game of the week. Tom wants ribs in Nashville. We're going to see fucking Tennessee, you know? Yeah. Which is... (laughs) It's rad. It's good for him. It's fun to knock. But I I can't fault their logic. Yeah, all right, cool. Like, if he's good at it, then... which he probably will be. I mean, the guy, uh, whatever, like he's probably going to put an abnormal amount of time and effort into it. You know what I mean? Where 100%. he's watching game film on commentating, <laughs> I mean, like shit like that, where yeah. it kind of breaks your brain. But like, I guess, I mean, uh, the, the slight difference between him and, and, and Tony Hawk and this conversation would be, I, I guess, Tom Brady has more avenues to kind of extend his life after football. Whereas like Tony Hawk as a skateboarder, that's, that's really what it is. And that's what he's going to do type thing. So I don't know, but, but it just feels like Tony Hawk is pretty comfortable with the legacy that he's left and the, the just him and his own skin. And, and the documentary was pretty solid. I liked it. It it was well, it was extremely well done. It was like, Almost the perfect amount of time. Like, it didn't feel too short, didn't feel too long. Like, it was just like, I I was always excited to see what was coming next while I was enjoying what I was watching. And then it was over, and I was like, okay, yeah, that, like, I don't feel emotionally exhausted, but I'm right on the edge. You know, it was like, it was, it was just extremely well done. I highly recommend it. Even if you don't like skateboarding, anything, just, it's just a well done documentary if you like documentaries. Yeah, it was pretty good story arcs with just like the 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 old school skateboarders, like the one skateboarder who was dominant right when Tony Hawk got into it, who like was pretty pissed off and called his tricks like bullshit gimmicky. Um, he ends up telling a story where where Tony Hawk, I think, reaches out to him after his kid died and actually like like was really cool to his kid, even though like he was a dick to the guy yeah. was a dick to Tony Hawk growing up. And it's like, at first the guy was pretty annoying with pretty lame. And then at the end of the documentary, you find out that he lost his kid in early age, 
fuck. And if you find out that he actually really like respects Tony Hawk. Yeah. Came yeah. yeah like Hawk. after Tony Hawk was like, Hey man, sorry about that. He's like, God damn it. Now I've fucking, I got to like this guy. Like there's yeah. nothing wrong. There is literally nothing wrong with this guy. God yeah. damn it. Like he wanted <laughs> to hate him so bad. And just was like, uh, fuck, I'm out. I'm out. My pen's out of ink. <laughs> yeah, he's been shitting on him for 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> Never once did Tony Hawk be a dick. Never once. Yeah. Just like, ah, fuck. All right. I guess I like you, but how do you, how do you, do you do scores for documentaries for stuff like that? How do you, do you just, are you just recommending it? No, we just kind of like give, you know, our, my particular take, like I'll, uh, I'll say I just wrapped up billions, um, billions. I have some weird anti-social, uh, showtime thing, but everyone says billions fucking rules. So go ahead. So billions, this, I said it last week because it was, I had two episodes left and we just finished up. I just wrapped up. I don't know when the season fucking ended, but I just got to it. So suck about, I don't give a shit. Um, so I just saw the final episode of season six and it's, I mean, honestly, the last episode, the second to last episode, I was like, oh, bummer. This is kind of like tailing off. And then it picked back up at the end. But it was one of my probably top five favorite seasons of television I've ever seen. That being said, I almost got off the Billions train after season four. Because I was like, oh, they're just recycling the same shit over and over and over. And then Is that made... a problem for you? Because It okay, is when, so... when the, the reason why I love this show so much is because it's very sharp. It's highly intelligent and it's fast paced. It's like sometimes like if you can keep up, that's great. But if you can't, they'll eventually circle back to what they were talking about. They'll leave breadcrumbs the whole time and eventually you'll get it. But it's so high level and so fast paced that you feel like there's not a second wasted on that show. There's the economy of words Fair. is incredible. Um, and it's about fucking billionaires. Like you get to see some of the coolest shit. You know, yeah. it's like, but it was, they were recycling the same thing. Like, you know, this government agent was trying to get this billionaire and it was just like, they just had the same back and forth for four seasons. Then they finally introduced a new character and it was like, oh, okay, now they're going to just like have this multiple thing. And then they completely shifted the show from being the first few seasons. It was like, you were tr trying to track the financial brilliance of it. And then finally, in like the fifth season, they just embrace like, okay, the money part of it, like how they earn it, you fucking know that by now. That's now an insignificant part of the story, but we can always go to the well if we need to. Now let's just talk about how billionaires are shady and how lavish their life is and why people want to get them because they're living above the tax grades and all this kind of shit. Like, it finally got to like, okay, we get how you earn money as a billionaire. Like, it takes money to make money. Got it. Got to be sharp and follow all this shit, and there's some shady angles you can take. Now show us how they live and why, what the illegal shit they do is. And, you know, it, it just kind of finally refocused the show, and I think it was a huge win for the show because now it's more exciting than it's ever been. Okay, but where it's, is it at in the story? Like, is, it, is there more seasons to come, or are they oh, wrapping yeah, it up? So, so the first four seasons, I mean, I'm not really spoiling anything at this point. The first four seasons, it was uh, somebody who basically moved up the ranks immediately in a hedge fund because of 9-11, became a billionaire kind of overnight-ish, even though he was working his way up towards that. And this dude is shady as fuck, but doesn't care. He's like a super nice guy, but super shady. 
You know, it's like everybody, he's beloved and feared. It, you know, mm-hmm. he's cutthroat. So it's him and then uh, Paul Giamatti's this government agent. I forget what office he holds at the time um, for New York. This is all based in New York. And he's just trying to pin this guy Bobby Axelrod the whole time. So then about season four or five, I forget, they introduce this new character, Mike Prince. And this is a guy that's starting to go against Axelrod. And now Paul Giamatti is now the uh, AG. And he's like kind of like, he's still going after Axelrod, but now this Mike Prince guy, and he's like, wait, he doesn't know who to team up with and who to take down. So that's kind of that power dynamic. Then Mike Prince wipes Axelrod off the planet. Like, Mike Prince wins. And that guy, that guy is now gone. So this season, it's not really focused on the money, but... Crypto starts to be involved, and now it's like this Mike Prince guy who's squeaky clean and always does the right thing, and he'll lose money to gain favor and all this kind of stuff. It finally comes out at the third to last episode of this past season that he's going to run for president. And so the final episode of the season is they've seized 12 uh, drives, and they're all lined up, and it's Paul Giamatti, who is now removed from office, the new... Uh, AG and this guy Mike Prince and you get 10 unlocks otherwise they're locked forever and supposedly there's a bunch of Bitcoin crypto on here whatever that was acquired illegally that was going to fund a campaign all this kind of stuff so the way that they acquired these was illegally so it's basically like the AG standing there like listen if you can nail this guy and that there's crypto on here then he's going to go to jail but if not, you seize these illegally, and I can't. You're going to go to jail. So okay. it's they're trying to hack into these things, and that's kind of how the season ends. Is the outcome of of that, and somebody gets locked up, and then it's they set it up for how it's going to go into next season with this guy okay. running for president. Is there like a time um, table on when the next season's going to drop? Or are we not there? there yet? No, they're pretty sporadic, unfortunately. That's the thing that I will not show time for, because I was a huge Ray Donovan fan. It's one of my favorite shows. And it was extremely sporadic with the drops. It wasn't like every nine months. It was like sometimes it was six, sometimes it was 14. It was like, what? okay, what's going on here? There's no consistency to it. It's like it doesn't come out every fall or every summer. Um, So that part I don't like about it. But it seems to be right about the nine-month range. Like every three quarters, it, it pops okay. up. I just didn't know if there was like uh, the next season was that was forthcoming or if they announced it wasn't its already release. announced. But the way that gotcha. they set it up and as successful as it is, like Billions is one of the few shows that you know kind of keeps Showtime afloat. I think sure. So it's kind of uh, it's a uh, it's I also watched Succession and I really enjoyed that and it's kind of parallel to it. It's not as intense and, you know, it's not a family dynamic, but it's kind of parallel as far as power and money goes, you know, character which, which Which do you prefer? Because I'm in the succession. I'm a big HBO guy. Okay. Yeah, Fair I prefer enough. Billions um, only because succession, you know, I think they only just finished their third season or something like that or they're about to. I haven't. I don't know where I'm at with it. I think, I think third or fourth. I can't remember. Yeah. And I'm Billions current, is in six, remember. and they already kind of went through their first. Any, any long-standing s- series I've noticed, they usually have a dip, 
And so mm -hmm. Billions has already hit that dip and they're on the come up where it's real like they're just going for broke. So they have that advantage. And I think Succession, you know, I don't know if they will have a dip, but they haven't they haven't got that far in the writing to where they can start taking chances. You know, they're just okay. starting to and it's paying off. So hopefully they'll hit the gas pedal on it. But, you know, sometimes it's like once it gets too popular, then it's like they back off. You know what I mean? So understood. Um yeah, so that, and uh, that's what we'll be watching. I'm going to check out Like a Rolling Stone this week, too. Yeah, about the... Ben uh, Fong Torres. Yeah, yeah, he was... That character was briefly in Almost Famous, but One he's... One of our favorite characters. Yeah, that's the only reason why it was on my radar. <laughs> oh, you like... Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, it's probably pretty fucking interesting, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, think it's Rolling Stone mostly sucks, but... Yeah. That guy's history of rolling in Rolling Stone is probably a fun watch. Yeah, I mean, just if nothing else, all the acts that they were writing about, you know, it's like, dude, you could spend two minutes on each interaction with a band and you would fly through it with just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my, you know. But they're, you know, it depends if they focus more on that or more on like the editing and, you know, the hours he was working and shit like that. I don't know. It's interesting. Why would yeah. check it out? Cause yeah, I'm thinking about doing trying Three Mile Island, which is a documentary series on Netflix. Documentaries, I feel like I'm just they've kind of um, I don't know I'm almost like on the documentary trend. Like that's what I uh, those are my favorite things to watch currently. It hasn't always been like that, but just more recently. So I might check that documentary out. I'm trying to I'm like struggling to think of other stuff that. Um, I'm like super looking forward to, I don't Barry know. Barry season three just came out. So I'm, or one episode, I don't know. It just started or something. I like Barry. So I'm going to get into that, but it's, it's one of those the first episode like in the background. I watched the first episode. I always thought it should be longer. So I'm okay with letting them build up a little bit. So I'll just sit down and like bang out, uh, like a Barry. I don't know. Yeah. You can do like four at a time and then wait a little bit and then four yeah. at a time. Yeah. I got to be honest, and I almost feel bad saying this out loud. I wasn't that into the first season or the first episode of this new season. Like okay. I watched it, and I was like, eh, ah, whatever. You know, I could wait until the NBA playoffs are over. You know, to to yeah. binge Barry, but I'm definitely gonna watch. I mean. The first two seasons were fucking sick. The story's good. Like, Noho Hank kicks ass. Barry yeah. kicks ass. It does have some, like, pretty good action, some pretty good suspense. Like, it's it's, it's Barry. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a good show. I just, uh, if I'm being honest, the first episode, I haven't said that anywhere, but the first episode was, uh Mediocre. Yeah. But right. maybe it's just, you know, it's slow. They're just getting it started. Yeah. Building up momentum. Fair enough. But I'm definitely into Barry, so I'll be checking that out as well. All right. Well, each week here we do a Spotify playlist. This week it's going to be Rod Wave and Pink Floyd. Okay. Uh, and just funny enough is last week was the first time Mike and I discussed our top five favorite uh, rappers or hip-hop artists of all time. And since you're an East Coast guy, I know you're into hip-hop. I was just curious what your, you know, what your top five favorites are. Not necessarily who you think are the best, but just your favorites. I have like a. Um, there's three MCs that I that I kind of rotate or will listen to them being the goat of hip hop, and it's it's Nas, it's Eminem, 
and it's Andre 3000. Now I know Andre 3000 technically outcast, so it's hard to separate the two. And so you can just use outcast yeah, instead of Andre 3000. Yeah. But those are like, those are like my three answers for like, who do I think are the best like rappers or my favorite hip hop musical acts. Um, um, Nas, I think currently is number one on my list. Um, because it feels like he's hitting a second prime, you know, the, 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 his most recent album, the King's disease too. I mean, it's not as good as Elmatic. It's not as good as Stillmatic. It's not as good as it was written, but like those are five Mike albums. And I think King's disease is maybe four and a half, four. It was a very solid album. Nice. I'm going to see Nas and Wu-Tang in concert and in, in Irvine here. Um, at the end of September. So I'm nice. a, I'm a big Nas fan and he's again, currently hitting his second prime. Um, but I mean, I think it's this week, but Kendrick comes out the new album, right? Is it Friday? I, I saw it was coming out soon. I didn't check what the date was though. I'll, I'll pull it up right now. I'm Is pretty sure it's this five? Friday. Um, he's, or he's on the outside. Yeah, I mean, okay. In. So, like Mike, yeah. for example, like Mike had a top five and then he was like, damn, I forgot about Lil Wayne. But he's like, but I don't want to put Lil Wayne in my top five. You know what I mean? Like, is that Kendrick Lamar for you? Um, Yeah, kind of, kind of. So his, his new album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers comes out this Friday. It'll pretty much like stop the hip hop world right yeah. it's, you know fucking every it's gonna you know appointment listening for everyone i have a, a three phase um album list hip hop album listening process i like to listen to the album while i'm shooting hoops and or working out but preferably shooting hoops i like to listen to an album while i'm driving and listen to an album while i'm smoking pot so I have to listen to it three times before I can give like an official score or breakdown of it. Um, but this album is definitely something um, that I'm going to put in the, the, th- the three phase process. Um, I don't know if I, I would make him top five again. It, like his catalog is so tight. Like if this album is like certified fresh or whatever certified five mics, then he pretty much wouldn't have missed in the first, I think, four or five albums of his career. And that's unprecedented in hip-hop. Um, I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, a his, I'm an East Coast guy, so I love Biggie, you know? I, I It's hard to separate Life After Death or, or Ready to Die. Like, they're both fucking just classic albums. Um, and Big L. Big L's another guy who I think I, I probably have in my top five. Nice. You know, so... That's that. That would probably run out. I mean, uh, it's hard to keep Jay Z off that list because this guy came up with a fucking summer banger, like pretty much all throughout my middle school and high school <laughs> life. <laughs> um, I'm not into Little Wayne, honestly. That's kind of my East Coast stuck up bouginess, really. I and I, I just kind of never been to uh, Little Wayne, but yeah, I think my top five probably be Nas. Andre 3000, Eminem, uh, Biggie, and, and, and Big L, if I had to nice. go with it. Who, who did you guys have? Um, Mike had uh, Jay-Z 1, Big L 2, forget who he had for 3, he had Biggie 4, and J. Cole 5. 
J. Cole. I went to college with J. Cole. Did my really? home, yeah, my uh, one of my best friends in college, freshman year before we met, he was the only white kid in an eight kid dorm room. All seven of his roommates were black, and his nickname on campus was White Boy. Like all the black kids knew him as White Boy. Um, but he fucking straight up played J. Cole in like Halo. Like he would play uh, J. Cole and Halo. Like Halo, uh, J. Cole always hung out in, in his buddy's uh, dorm room and they played him with like Halo like freshman year and shit. And supposedly I played basketball with J. Cole, but like I didn't know he wasn't J. Cole at the time. Sure. I don't know. He was just, he was just, some, he was just some guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, but he used to always play basketball. But yeah, he graduated a year before I did. And, and, uh, St. John's University. So nice. kind of name drop there. But yeah, one of my homies actually played played fucking Halo with J. Cole, which is pretty cool. Um right he's like, besides Kendrick, probably the biggest act currently in hip hop. I mean, he's like if his album drops, it's kind of like appointment listening. So I don't hate that answer. Yeah. I, I do think it is a little early. I wish Mike were here to defend that. Um but I can't hate on it. You know, St. John's alum. Fuck it. Yeah, fair enough. Mine, we, mine was more yeah, West you, Coast bias. So my number one is Tupac. Uh, Jay Z is my number two. Uh, Snoop's three. Big Daddy Kane is four, and then Dre's five. Okay. And nothing it's, wrong with those names. Honestly, like like Tupac and Jay Z are my favorite. And again, Biggie's catalog is just like there's not enough, you know, to, to go up against people that are still making music. You know, some <laughs> you know like. Snoop and Dre, it's more of like a comfort, just like that was, I grew up in the 90s in Southern California, like that's what it, you know, that's all that was, anybody was listening to, every radio station, you know, that's all it yeah. was. Um, and well, then, I live in Long Beach, so there's really no praise yeah. that's too high for Snoop Dogg, I'll listen to it all. It's Big all Daddy Kane, I was just like, that was one of the first artists I listened to as a kid, just because my dad's like, oh, this dude's this dude's solid. And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a go. And sure enough, he's well, rad. So yeah, it's just talking about. longevity. And then Tupac was just, is my all time favorite. I love Tupac. So nothing needs to be said about that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know it's kind of the default answer, like the easy one, but uh, it's still my answer. Well, I don't know. It's not like I went too far outside the box with Nas, Eminem. I think Andre 3000 is the most outside the box. I actually got new. A random like argument or discussion with this fucking uh, one of my homies who thought that like Andre 3000 wasn't that good of a rapper and was like saying like how he pretty much couldn't even be part of the Wu-Tang Clan. I was like, wait, what? Wait a second. (laughs) I had like that point threw me off so much. I I effectively walked away from the argument. We're not talking about like ever in my opinion. I love. Yeah. I mean, if you if you give someone a beat and a microphone, like I don't know if they produce a better verse than Andre Three Thousand. I, I don't believe that they do. In fact, so hearing him, uh, I don't know, hearing him actually say shit anti Andre Three Thousand was something new. But I mean, I guess he doesn't have unanimous support. Like I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Nas, right? And like everyone fucking respects Nas, so. I don't know. Those are my, I'm, I, I, I'm an old guy. So I think we gave pretty much the same answers, but I'm sure most of your audience probably likes the same music. So 
Uh, we have no idea. Only the insane listen to this podcast, which is why we love them. So, uh, hey, I got you on the front end, but you go ahead and plug however you want to on the back end. Now, I thought you did a good job. You can listen to me more on the Mad Scientist Party Hour. I uh, um, do that weekly with the homies, uh, Kevin Kraft and uh, our friend Shuddy Boy. Um, we also have a Patreon that has been really successful and we're really proud of. So if you want additional content after you listen to the Mad Scientist Party Hour free episodes on Apple Music, um, we'll obviously point you in that direction on the podcast. And then I do a sports betting podcast called Bet Slippin' uh, for the sportsbookwire.usaday.com, which is a, a smaller website for USA Today Sports. So two podcasts, Mad Scientist Party Hour and Sports Ben Podcast called Bet Slippin'. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me plug my shit, dude. No, no, much appreciated. You can follow on social media at Jeffro Records. Uh, be sure. Sh- Go for it. Jeffrey underscore Clark. Sorry. Oh, uh, okay. My mom spelled it all goofy. Um, Your mom made your Twitter? That's fucking adorable. Oh, Oh, on your birth certificate. You wanted a jet? You wanted a J in your G? You know, it's even weirder that I'm fucking cool with the G, right? But I spell it G E O F F E R Y, not R E Y. So it looks like Jeffrey or Jeff, Jeffrey, and it's Jeffrey. So it's Jeffrey underscore Clark. That's, you know, and to be honest, I fucking switched it from at Jeffrey records to at Jeffrey underscore Clark as a fucking sellout move to get the blue check mark while I was working for USA Today. I feel like a bitch about it, but my dick did get bigger when I got a blue check mark. That actually happened. So I love it. I love it. Well, <laughs> yeah. follow, follow me. You can always follow him on the, you know, follow whoever you click on. I don't know. I'm honestly, one of my things I'm doing every day in May, I'm working out 30 days of pain. Um, and I'm doing like a sick diet just because I'm a psychopath. And one of the things that I'm doing to make myself uncomfortable is engage in social media for 15 minutes a day, because I know it's going to turn off 99% of people, but I fucking hate social media. (laughs) I really don't like it. So I'm trying to engage more. So I will get better at understanding how you can do that easily, but pretty sure I follow. And if you click on who I follow, he'll be there. You could just start searching Jeff and it'll pop up. So are you saying you do social media I don't have a limit on how much I can do. I have a limit on how much I have to do. So you're doing social media based on the same type of rationale that you did skydiving. So you don't like heights. You don't like social media. So you feel like almost like a challenge. Yeah, exactly. Like I I know, I know that in order for me to be more successful in what I want to do, I need to, that's how people engage. So I need to engage more. Um, it's just something I don't like to do because I don't like to be disingenuous. And I think that's a lot of what social media is, is, and I just want to stay away from that. I want to make sure that, you know, everything I put up is legit. Well, you're a better man than me because I just wouldn't try any of these things that I don't like. That's kind of what I'm only doing it for a month. (laughs) I'm also not eating cereal for a month, which is a fucking pain in the ass for me. Cereal is a wonderful thing. Oh, that's my stoner go-to. Anyway, well, be sure to check out Mad Scientist Party Hour every week, Bet Slippin' Podcast uh, on any platform that you desire. Uh, be for sure to follow us on Instagram at Black Irish Pod. Mike is at Black Irish 213. I'm at Brendala7. 
Uh, be sure to love each other. And if you're doing 30 days of pain, good job. Keep it up. It fucking sucks. And I know it, but you're doing a good job. Jeff, thank you so much for being on and filling in. Uh, it was a pleasure, dude. Had a ball. Yeah, this has been fucking fun. I really appreciate you having me on. Hopefully next time uh, the black guy can actually join us. Yeah, we'll have to circle back on J. Cole and, and see if it's too early to put him on that pedestal. Yeah, I'm going to have to relitigate that that point that he made. But, no, thanks for having me. It's been a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I'll shout you out on my social media and stuff like that. People helping people, friends helping friends. And, Fair enough. And fucking sick, man. We covered a lot of topics. Yeah, no, we bounce around quite a bit, but that's what ADHD will do to you. All right, man. Yeah. In that case, peace out. Love y'all.